Howdy. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here on the Speak Up stage. And I'm really excited to talk to you all about something that I'm very passionate about. So the title of my talk is Take Control of Your Vagina. And this is a subject that's just not talked enough about. But in order for us to improve women's reproductive and sexual health, we have to talk about it. My name is Dr. Teresa Irwin, and I am board certified in female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgery. Now, what the heck does that mean? So I decided to shorten my name, and I took the idea from our son. When he was in high school talking to a group of friends, one of his buddies said, hey dude, what is it that your mom does for a living? <laughs> and you know, he's 15, 16 years old, and he's heard me talk about vaginas all day long, so he's like, uh, vaginacology? And when he told me the story, he said, mijo, that's perfect, that's exactly what I do. I take care of problems in the vagina. Things such as loss of bladder control, loss of bowel control, loss of sexual function, and sagging vaginas. Yeah, all the good stuff. <laughs> and you know, this is a huge problem. Did you know that urinary incontinence happens in 50% of women? That's huge, the loss of bladder control. And what is that? So it is the uncontrollable loss of urine with exertion, for example, when you cough, sneeze, jump, laugh, lift, exercise, sex, or the loss of urine when you get that sudden urge that you gotta go, gotta go, or you're not gonna make it to the bathroom in time. And it costs $16 billion a year. That's billion with a B. And that doesn't even include any of the indirect costs. Things such as loss of productivity from not going to work, or when you're at work, you're inefficient because you're in the bathroom all the time. Or worse than that, you avoid your family and friends because you're embarrassed. Or worse than that, your family has to change your diapers. So you might ask, why did you want to become a, a gynecologist? Why would you want to look at vaginas all day long? <laughs> and it comes down to one main reason, and that is control. And most of us, as we're becoming independent, becoming adults, we're all trying to find that control. And this is what I was treating, loss of control of your bodily functions in women. But it resonates with me because I went through multiple stages where I was trying to gain control, but I was losing control. And, you know, trying to gain control of my body, of my sexual health, of my life. And there's too much to talk about, so I'll focus on one very briefly. So when I was younger, we didn't have WebMD or Google or YouTube. We didn't have that kind of information. So as I was trying to learn about my sexual health, I basically learned from my family and my friends. And I was taught that sex was purely for procreation. And that's it. So when my mom found out that I was sexually active before marriage, I was disowned. And this was on the very day that parents had been invited to come and celebrate the fact that their child had gotten into medical school. And I'd worked so hard to get to this point. All I wanted to do was make my parents proud. And that night, 
I thought to myself, well, I, I think my mom's just hurt and she, because I'm not gonna follow the traditional Mexican way of having muchos bebes. And as my parents left, I remember seeing my dad with tears just rolling down his cheeks. And I knew that he knew how hurt I was. And all I could do was run to my pillow and cry because I truly felt my heart hurt. But I thought, it's okay. Even though I had worked so hard to try and gain control of my life, I felt like again I was, I was losing it. But you know, I don't want to blabber all this. I want to move on from medical school to residency. And I was at the college, uh, I was at Baylor College of Medicine doing OB-GYN. And I was doing the usual things, things such as collecting pap smears, checking for sexually transmitted diseases, doing surgeries like hysterectomies, and delivering babies. But what kept coming up was every time I would see a patient that had incurred some problem with their pelvis, it was leading to a much poorer quality of life. And they were such sad stories. Can you imagine? You're at the movie theater and you have your four and five year old with you. And all of a sudden you have got to go to the bathroom because if you don't, you're gonna pee in that theater seat. So what do you do? You gotta take your kids, you can't leave them by themselves. So you go to the bathroom. Do you think that though they're gonna be very happy? No. Do you think they're gonna make noise? Of course. And do you think those movie patrons are gonna be very happy with you? No. And not only do you go to the bathroom once, you go two and three more times. So do you think you're gonna to want to go to the movies with your kids anymore? Can you imagine every single time you have to go poop, you have to stick your fingers in your vagina to get the poop out of your rectum? Can you imagine? You're actually excited now. You've gone back to working out. You feel like you're getting back into fitness and, and then all of a sudden you almost slip on a puddle and it's not sweat. And I would hear these stories and they were so heartbreaking it made me only want to help them more. So I went on to get additional training. I honed in on my surgical skills and I felt good about helping them. The thing is what I kept noticing in the post-operative period and for years to follow was that those patients that actually went to a pelvic floor therapist that I told them to go see and listened and followed those recommendations such as avoiding bladder irritants, avoiding constipating foods, and learning how to pee properly, those are the ones that were having the best success rates. I mean, who would have thought that my patients were doing better as a result of following the recommendations from the pelvic floor therapist? Here I thought, I'm the surgeon, I operated on them, they're better because of me, right? But no, the pelvic floor therapist had to steal my thunder. <laughs> so I've made it a rule that if they want to have surgery, I'm not going to operate on them unless they see the therapist and agree to follow these recommendations for the rest of their lives. And the problem was I had a hard time convincing them to go because they'd say, well, I've been doing Kegels all of my life and that hasn't helped. So I took a little bit of a different approach and I would tell them, look, if you go and see a bariatric surgeon and you lose 100 pounds, 
but then you go back to your old behaviors, you don't exercise, you don't eat the proper foods, what's gonna happen? You're gonna gain it all back. So what I wanna do as the vaginecologist is I wanna teach you the things that will help improve your pelvic floor function without medications and without surgeries. And I want to now transition on teaching you five strategies that will help improve the pelvic floor. I want to teach you the anti-aging secrets that no one's taught you about. And you know what? The best part is that it's free. <laughs> you have the tools in your hands. Well, in your crotch. <laughs> so these five strategies are Kegel exercises and how to do them properly. Second is peak positions, how to properly empty your bladder. Three are other exercises other than Kegel exercises to improve the pelvic floor. Four is hypopressives. And five is sexercise. Okay, number one, Kegel exercises. I've already, as a mother of three boys and a, a grandmother of a granddaughter who's about a year and a half, I've taught them how to do Kegel exercises. My granddaughter's still incontinent though. <laughs> anyway, women, teach the men in your life how to do Kegel exercises because it'll help their boners last longer. <laughs> so, this is how you do it. I need my pelvic model. A little anatomy lesson. Okay, so there are three orifices here. One is the urethral opening, and then the actual tube is inside. Then you have the vaginal opening, and the vagina is the tube inside. And the anal opening, the anus canal is inside. I want you to notice that there's a lot of muscles around the anus, and not so many around the urethra. So most, most of us as women are taught that Kegel exercises means to try and hold your pee. But if you do that, you're not gonna really gain the strength that you need, because 70% of your muscle strength comes from squeezing your anal sphincter. Yes, squeeze your anal sphincter, hold your poop. Now, we're gonna do, and I want y'all to um, imagine that you're doing this, or do it. We're gonna do, <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> so, pretend like you're on an elevator, and you're gonna start on the ground floor, you gotta get to the 10th floor. So when you're on the ground floor, you're gonna squeeze a little bit. Are y'all doing it? And then second floor, squeeze a little bit more. Third floor, squeeze a little bit more. And I'll let you go fast. Until you get to the 10th floor, and you're gonna squeeze as hard as you can, and pretend like you have, to have, like you have diarrhea and there's no bathroom nearby. So squeeze really hard as long as you can. And then now descend uh, to the first floor again, but over five seconds. Okay, so that's how to do Kegel exercises correctly. Number two, the proper pee positions. And I guess I have to use this. Okay, there are five proper pee positions. And this is the wrong one. You know, as little girls, we're taught how to pee very prim and properly. <laughs> and how we're supposed to act in public. But that's not the right way to do it. Because if you do it this way, you're not going to empty your bladder fully. So the first one I'm gonna teach you is called a leaning forward position, or I like to call it the cowboy position. So basically, open your legs up, lean forward, put your elbows above your kneecaps, and pee. 
Now the reason this will empty your bladder is because, and I'm gonna steal this from uh, my unofficial daughter-in-law, and that is pretend like you're pouring a bottle of water into a glass. So if you only pour it up to this position, you're not gonna empty the bottle fully. So if you come all the way upside down, then you will empty it much better. Okay, the second peak position I'm gonna go over is called the standing squat. So you literally stand on the toilet seat and squat. And I have a friend who is an absolute germaphobe, so much so that any public restroom, she does exactly that. And one day when our son was three years old at the time, she took him into the public restroom with her. And he's just kind of standing, looking at her because he's never seen that before. And he says, you have a hairy vagina. <laughs> so I now have coined that position, the hairy vagina. <laughs> so we're going to go on to strategy number three. And that is other exercises other than Kegels that will improve your pelvic floor. And there are several. I'm just going to go over two. One is belly dance. So when you do a belly dance move, you're gonna do a Kegel exercise at the end of the move. So for example, you have a hip drop, so you start with your hip up and then you drop it. So you're gonna go uh, hip squeeze, hip squeeze, and then I'm gonna show you my other favorite belly dance moves. <laughs> All right, the next one, <laughs> the next exercise is yoga, and Dee Dee's very familiar with this one. And in, in yoga though, the, the difference is that you're going to hold the Kegel throughout the whole pose. You may not be able to do that the very first time, but uh, continue practicing and practice makes progress. Here are my favorites. <laughs> Gotta love my son's face over there. <laughs> All right, so uh, number four, strategy number four is hypopressives. And probably many of y'all have not heard what that is, but this is probably the most effective non-surgical treatment of pelvic organ prolapse or sagging vagina where things are falling out, but only if it's mild. And this, this, it's a little bit complicated to do this, but and it's a two-part uh, series I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna explain just the standing or pose position and then the breathing technique will be on, uh, on the video there. So basically, shoulder, I mean feet shoulder width apart. In this position, you're gonna bend your uh, elbows, fingertips down, then you're gonna lean forward, bend your knees. And while you're doing this, you gotta make sure that every single muscle is tense. Every single muscle is tense. And such that if someone tried to push it, they couldn't. And then you're gonna do three breaths, deep inhalation, five seconds. One, inhale, and three, then suck your stomach four, in. Four, five, exhale, two, three, four, five. Hold your breath, suck your stomach in, pull your ribs apart. 
At the same time, do a Kegel exercise and hold it. We're going to go five, four, three, two, one. Deep breath in and then out. All right, hypopressives. The reason that this is helpful is because it actually hypo decreases the pelvic floor pressure and therefore doesn't cause strain uh, as, as uh, other exercises that are hyperpressive. Okay, number five is sexercise. Yes, you can actually have sex and do Kegel exercises at the same time. <laughs> and then pay attention because you need to do this too. So what happens is it increases blood flow to the genitalia. So I'm talking about women, so I'll say the vagina and the vulva. And that is engorgement, just like the erect penis. And it reduces the diameter of the vagina, increases friction, and therefore sensitivity. The way that this is done is a little different though. I told you that you need to squeeze your anal sphincter for Kegels. Well, in this case, you're gonna actually hold your pee. And you're gonna do it fast instead of slow. So we'll pretend like my belly is my urethra. And so basically you're gonna do what are called quick flicks. You're gonna squeeze, 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 squeeze during vaginal penile sex. Okay, so those are five strategies on helping improve your pelvic floor, keeping it young, and improving your sexual function. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. So I invite y'all to help me reduce the $16 billion a year that we spend. So the next time that you're in the ra restroom and you're brushing your teeth, squeeze your asshole. <laughs> I love, 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 love talking about vaginas. And you might think that's funny, but it's my profession. So again, now a lot of us don't feel comfortable about talking about these sort of things. So I'm gonna invite you to two challenges to help get you over that. First one is to teach a woman that you find to be important in your life. Teach her how to do Kegels correctly or teach her another tip that we talked about or show this video. My second challenge to you is that the next time you need to go to the bathroom, which I'm sure in about 30 minutes you're gonna to need to go, is sit like a cowboy. And also don't forget to do your Kegels and Tricep exercise. And I uh, ask you all to please share the information, share the love. And thank you so much. I appreciate your, your attention, your open-mindedness, and your Kegels. <laughs> thank you.